Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 326 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Lazario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, welcome to you too. And uh, uh, a bit, a bit of water under the bridge since we last uh, had a podcast, but uh, yes. Things, uh, I mean, in Australia, things are starting to uh, to look a little bit better as far as COVID nineteen, but uh, yeah. certainly around the world, uh, there's uh, still lots of issues. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's still um, still scary times in a way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, in the state that we're in, uh, Victoria, we just had had a little bit of a, a downturn again. So um, yeah, I think everyone back to uh, back on the alert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Been a strange time, hasn't it? Because, yeah, it's kind of starting to ease the restrictions and then a few more cases pop up and it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Yeah, and I heard this morning that the uh, supermarkets are starting to get looted again as far oh. as, uh, um, well, not looted, but, you know, people are starting to buy up uh, toilet paper and things. So, yeah, come on, guys, relax. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yes, um, yes. Oh, well, that's a... That's a um, a somber way to start the show, Alois, but I'm going to lighten it up with a joke. Oh, you've got well. What what else could we ask for, Jeff? Exactly. Now, Alois, what yep. did the green grape say to the purple grape? Oh, I don't know, Jeff. Breathe, you fool! Breathe. <laughs> That's that was, a good joke, isn't it? That was that was that was actually that was actually funny, Jeff. It's <laughs> clear clear. Clearly not one of your jokes, though. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Uh, yeah, see? There you go. Yeah, I, I, I was actually amused. <laughs> well, as it turns out, because, because of all the great jokes I've been doing in the past... Yes, Jeff. Um, one of my uh, friends from... One of my friends from uh, table tennis in the ACT, actually... Long-time friend back there um, sent me a message giving me this great joke so I could share it with the world. Yeah, so what actually happened was he's been listening to your jokes and he said, I'm going to actually try and rescue you, Jeff. <laughs> probably It's probably more the thinking. Yes, indeed. So, well, anyway, a big thank you to Matt Luff. Um, yeah. oh, Matt Luff? Yes. Yeah. Now, he's a funny oh, man. What, what's that? He, now, he's a funny man. <laughs> he is a funny man, indeed. Yes, a stalwart of um, ACT table tennis. I don't know how many times he's represented ACT. A lot, I could imagine. And for those not in Australia, ACT is uh, Australian Capital Territory, where Canberra is. Yes, the capital of Australia, where I where I was born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, ACT champion, Matt Luff. And, uh, yeah, played with him in junior teams and senior teams. Um, yeah. So thank you, Matt. Excellent joke. Uh, at least one of us, one of you have uh, moved on to uh, some funnier things. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, dear. Now, Alice, we've got some excellent questions for the show today. Uh, indeed. Yes, I'm yes. Sure, sure we have. Yep. Um, so the, the first one, and it's an important one, is about footwork and balance. And Jasper wants to know, is it okay if I play my stroke while my weight is on my toes, um, because they find it very easy to move when they're putting the weight on their toes. Um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's um, it's a good one, uh, Jasper, because I think um, we often get 
told, you know, about our footwork and balance and all that sort of thing. So what is what is footwork to start with? I mean, footwork is just getting yourself into a good position to be able to hit the next ball properly. You know, so what what's the most efficient way to move to uh, to get into that position? And that involves balance. So you need to be balanced when you're moving. And you need to be in a balanced position when you're actually hitting the ball. I mean, ideally, that's that's what you're aiming for. Um, now, when when they say you know um, to put your weight on your toes, that's good. But as long as you are still balanced, I've seen some people you know they get told to put their weight on their toes and they tip themselves too far forward, <laughs> um, and they can't actually balance themselves and they can't uh, play their strokes effectively. So yeah, uh, definitely the weight your weight needs to be more towards the front of your foot because that will be uh, will allow you to activate. Uh, your feet and your legs, um, but yeah, just make sure you don't tip too far forward, and obviously <laughs> don't don't uh, sit back on your heels because uh, there is not too much spring coming from your heels. Yeah, interesting. So it sounds like it's a really small change. So when they say put your weight on your toes, it's not like a huge change in in, no. in the way you are. Yeah. No, and and what what you can do, I mean, if you if you just stand up and um, just rock your weight slightly forward, rock it a long way forward and just feel that position where you still feel balanced, but you still feel like um, you are able to move and spring um, forwards, backwards, sideways. Uh, that's the position you want to be in. Um, so um, yeah, just experiment for that uh, with that fierce elf. And as you said, Jeff, it's not a big change. It's just a subtle uh change forward you know if you if you think about the middle of your foot um it might be you know 30 percent more towards the front of your foot uh but yeah certainly not too far forward or and definitely not too far back yeah yeah, yeah. great question jasper and so if someone's just started playing and they're playing at home and they're just playing some games and they've never really practiced any footwork is there, is there any good way to get started because i think a lot of people just sort of play a game and the footwork is not really thought about um yeah, yeah. i reckon yeah oh, sorry yeah I, I reckon the first thing is just just get your basic stance right um mm. so um and that involves you getting your feet reasonably wide distance apart so definitely more than your shoulder width you know Probably closer to twice your shoulder width is um, is closer to where your your feet need to be, and it feel it'll feel really strange to start off with, um, and then get yourself um, get your knees bent a little bit as well. So that acts like um, a spring now. So your legs are going to then be able to gen uh, generate and move you um, into position uh, properly, and then from that, you know, then it's a matter of practicing your movements sideways, forwards, backwards. Um, but we've got um, We've got a uh, a video on the basic stance, but then we've also got a, a footwork section um, on our site as well. So uh, we'll put links to those. Um, but yeah, it's a really important part of um, the game. I mean, uh, I mean, certainly to start off with, you know, it's all about just you know using your hand and your eye and getting that ball on the table. But um, once you pass that, then it's you know a bit more about how do you move better. Uh, get your position to be able to play those strokes that you're starting to develop. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Cool. All right, thanks, Jasper. All right, now I'm going to move on now to a different topic. We're going to talk about equipment alloys. And this is sort of a common question because when people first start, they 
you know, they get their bat from Kmart or the local store and it, it, then they realize, oh, I need to buy a, a bat that's actually got some grip and then they want to buy some individual rubbers. And so often people want to know, when you buy a new rubber, do they come in a pair or do you just get a single rubber? Yeah, and I, and we do get this question quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, so when you're buying the rubber to replace uh, or, or to um, change over on, on your bat, um, they come as a single rubber, so just one side of your bat. So you do need to buy two um, two rubbers or two packs um, so that you can uh, cover both sides. That's if you want to change both sides of your, of your racket as well. Um, remember to always buy one red and one black because that's the regulations. You need to have a red side and a black side. Um, so that's why they tend to not come in, uh, you know, a pack of two because um, players will want to individualise the uh, the rubber that they use on uh, both sides of their bat often. Um, yeah, so certainly, I mean, um, definitely comes in one packs of one um, and you'll need to buy two. And they can get quite expensive, but, you know, um, it's, it's about just finding something that suits your game initially. So uh, definitely don't go for... Uh, those top end rubbers if you're just starting out and it's your first custom bat uh, get something a little bit uh slower and uh, easier to handle yeah good advice and um it is interesting isn't it that um having the ability to customize um the rubbers for like your backhand and your forehand um do you think that's a common thing i think i did it for a little while i think but most of the time i just use the same rubber on on both sides what about you alice um, yeah, I tended to use uh, similar rubber on both sides. I, uh, I, I did tend to have a slightly thinner rubber on my backhand side than my forehand. Yeah. Because uh, the control on my backhand wasn't as good, so I just relied on the um, that slightly slower rubber to give me a bit more control on the backhand side than on the forehand. So, um, yeah, I, I, I did tend to use slightly different thicknesses, often the same rubber. Um, yeah, but... Uh, and I did. I did uh, play one year with uh, short pimples on the back end, was which was a bit of a disaster. But <laughs> didn't go well. Didn't go well. No. <laughs> I don't know how people use those short pimples. It just they just don't have that control because you can't get enough topspin. I don't, yeah. Uh, some people use it pretty well. Some people do use it very well. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, the first time I ever went to China. I, uh, for, for practice, Alois, I, I came up against this guy using short pimples on both sides. And whatever I did, he just smashed it a million miles an hour straight past me for a winner. Crunch, yeah. God, crunch, God. Uh, I, he didn't uh, have any problems at all with short pimples. I, uh, I was lucky enough to, uh, to play, uh, the great Jiang Jialiang, um, a couple yes. of times. And, uh, he was a, pen holder with short pimples and uh came up against a fairly similar experience jeff so every every time i tried to spin the ball on the table it just got crunched back past me he was actually he was actually really um really kind and uh you know gave me a few points and uh and was uh and didn't didn't uh, go too hard on me i played him first in the 1986 asian championships um in uh in china so that was yeah and uh, but yeah, what a great experience to be able to play Jiang Jialiang with short pimples and Absolutely. and uh, even though even though you're getting the ball crunched past you, he was um, he was twice world champion and that was sort of in the in the 
uh, in between his two world championships. Yes, yes. Uh, good experience. And only 34 years ago. <laughs> I remember it well. Ah, uh, good. All right, okay. So now let's move on to a, uh, a technique question, Alois. And Irfan wants to know, he says he has a question about what I can do against a, a ball that is chopped really low. He wants to know, does he topspin it? Does he smash it? He says his opponent always chops and he often hits the ball into the net. Yeah. Um, Irfan, th- uh, this, this stroke is a really important part of... Uh, developing your game or, or, you know, getting to the next level of your game. So to be, uh, to be able to topspin the ball when it has some backspin on it, I think is, is a, um, is something that you should really develop um, as early as you can, because it's, it's a major stroke in table tennis. So um, the, the stroke is uh, more topspin. So when you when the ball's got backspin on it, you need to lift the ball more. So your your stroke starts lower and finishes up higher to compensate for the backspin on the ball. Um, so yeah, that topspin against backspin is absolutely vital. And and Jeff, I, I think we've re, um, mm. uh, re, uh, reflected and uh, you've shared your experiences with this stroke a few times as well. Yeah, definitely. I just found it really difficult to learn to start with. Um, it's just it's just hard to get it right because the ball hits your bat, goes down, and sometimes if you hit it too flat, it doesn't work. You've got to get the right amount just to spin it, and there's a lot going on with that stroke. I just I found it quite hard to to get it, but once you do, you know, then you can start to improve. But it did take me a long time. Yeah, and I think it does. It does take a fair bit of time to develop that stroke. One one thing I find really useful when um, teaching players with that stroke is to put uh, something up really high over the net. So like a meter above the net Mm. and just try and get them to get the ball up and over that, you know, whatever it is, a stick or you can just put a really high netting up or something um, and just get them to try and get that ball up and over that stick. That just gives you the feel of the contact that you need to be able to uh, brush the ball and lift it up, um, up when it's got the backspin on it. So um, that's a little trick that you can try. And we do have a video um, somewhere on that as well. That I Yeah, I think play. it might be for the backhand side. But yeah, that's Same right. principle, yeah. Backhand topspin. So, yeah. Uh, and it is, once you get that feel, then you can really, really progress it, can't you? Yeah, and like exactly. you said, it's such an important stroke because um, if you're playing someone who hasn't played much and you just give them a backspin ball, they, they're just really surprised when it goes into the <laughs> into the net all the time. Or exactly. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, it's really, really important part of developing your skills. That's right, indeed. All right, well, we'll put some links to um, some of those videos, uh, fans, so um, they can help you out, but keep working on it. Um, yeah, really important part of table tennis. All right. Um what is next, Alice? I just got distracted. Sorry, I thought I thought something happened on my computer, but it's all good. <laughs> um, so next up is one from Reza. He says, hi, thanks for your good videos. They help me so much. He goes, but can you please help me in a game I just cannot attack? Uh, this is a, yeah, for Reza. Yeah, now 
in a match situation, uh, this can be a really, you know, we, t- we talked about that stroke being um, difficult to learn. So once you get that into a match situation, then, you know, the odds go up a little bit more. So why, um, why can't you attack Reza? Often it's because of the little bit of tension, firstly, um, in, in your arm. And when, you're, when you do have tension in your arm, that topspin stroke against backspin, which I think is the best um, way to attack in a game situation, uh, that can get even more difficult. So uh, imagine imagine your shoulder starts to get a little bit tighter, your hand starts to get a little bit tighter. That action that you need for the, the topspin against backspin um, is quite a big movement. So you're starting low, you're finishing really high, and you're trying to, uh, to lift that ball over the net. When there's tension, then that lift um, is harder to make. Um, the other the other factor that I think will be contributing to this Reza is the is your movement. So again, probably the first thing that stops in a match situation when you do get a little bit um, tight or or nervous is that your feet stop working well. And then again, if you're not getting into position to make that uh, big topspin stroke, then the stroke can become really difficult. So so I think um, that's something that you need to start to work through. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I is, think, there's yeah. that transition, isn't there, from learning a skill and then being able to use it in a match as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's why, you know, it, it's good to learn the skill in, in your training situation, but then in that training situation, you also need to start to put yourself under a bit more pressure uh, to test yourselves, tell test yourself out and see whether you can execute it under pressure. So, you know, just put, uh, put five cents on the, on the line and, um, and, you know, uh, see if you can, uh, make five top spins out of 10 or, or whatever it is to start off with and, uh, and, uh, and see how you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you talked about it in one of the sports psychology videos that we have, Alois, about how, um, when you're training, you need to kind of, um, lift that intensity or, or get closer to a match situation in terms of, like you said, putting something on the line. And then often in a match situation, we're a little bit too excited. Not always. People are different. but So sometimes in a match, you've got to try and sort of bring that back down towards more like you would be in training. Kind of there's this balance. Yeah, that's right. It's just that arousal level. So they talk about, so, you know, um, in, a, in a training situation, your arousal level is, quite low, is usually too low. Um, in a match situation, your arousal level's too high. Um, and uh, so, you know, in training, you're trying to get it up higher. In match, you're trying to get it down lower so that you can perform at your best. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. That's uh, very but, interesting. Yeah, so that sports psychology se- section um, uh, is something we'll put a link to. And that first uh, first tutorial there on the sp- in the sports psych session is um is a free one for our free members but then there's also another couple of uh videos on there for our premium members that go into things a little bit more deeply yeah very good now alloys i was just there's something popped into my head when we're talking about that one or two rubbers in a pack and you were talking about the black and red something popped in my mind that the ittf was looking into bringing different different colors or something did you hear anything about that Yes, yes, they they were they. I think they still are um, going to bring in um, different colours. So I think one side needs to be black, and then the other side um, they've 
coming out with a range of colors um, that you can utilize. So, so it won't just be red. Um, I think there's a few um, bit more vibrant colors or, you know, some, some pastely things. So um, yeah, watch out for it. Just, uh, just a bit to make things a little bit uh, uh, more snazzy, more snazzy in the game. A little bit more snazzy. There you go. That will be interesting. Um, and I guess as long as you can still have that contrast between the black, why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Who, 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 uh, who wanted red in the first place anyway? Exactly. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, Alois, um, it's good to be back. Um, and we're going to be um, actually going to be. Um, Coming around to do some filming soon. We've got some ideas for some videos. So Indeed. that's Indeed. good. But we'd also wouldn't mind um, some advice from other people. So we might send out a survey or just leave drop us a, a line on our Facebook page or um, or on the website. Um, yep. If there's something in particular you would like to see, um, let us know. And, of course, you can always use the Ask the Coach section. And um, we take a lot of ideas from there about what to um what to film yeah indeed so yeah i mean we've uh, lost track of how many videos we've done jeff but uh, i think it's over 300 probably, it is a lot probably, yeah probably, yeah um but yeah i think there's always something different and something new that people want to know so yeah please just uh let us know what's in your mind and what uh what you think can help you to take your game uh, to a higher level that's what we're here for Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening, and of course, thank you, Alois. Um, Jeff, we used to have a, we used to have a um, another part of this uh, show. Yes. Which, yeah, which was um, and I can't even remember what you used to call it, but it was like you know, amazing facts. Oh, oh my, yeah. Yeah. Omg. Like, Omgs. Like you know, yeah. Have we have we ditched that? I mean, because that was much better than the joke se- section. Well, no. Uh, let's keep it. I've got it right here. Look at this. Yeah. Uh, OMG facts. Ready? Yeah. 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 This 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 is interesting. Go on. <laughs> Students in Holland built a robot that pours the perfect glass of beer. It takes one minute and eleven seconds to pour the ideal ma- mix of beer and froth. There you go. One minute and eleven seconds. Yep. One minute. Um, See, that's that's sort of interesting. All right. Here's something interesting. Yeah. For every extra kilogram carried on a space flight, 530 kilograms of extra fuel are needed at liftoff. Whoa! You'd have those. You'd have those uh, astronauts on diets, wouldn't you? <laughs> I reckon. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, couple more. Whiskey yep. was invented in ancient China and then arrived in Ireland, where it was distilled by monks. Oh, there you go. And uh, utilised widely now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> See, that that's what you should start the show with, Jeff. Not those. <laughs> un- un- unless Matt Luff's got some more jokes for you. but <laughs> or, or, or do we finish on a strong note? Um, though the joke, my jokes, there's nothing wrong with my jokes. What are you talking about? No. Um, in 2011, yeah. and I'm yep. going to pronounce this wrong because I don't know much about this show, but... In 2011, 27 baby girls were named Khaleesi. It means queen in a fictional language from Game of Thrones. Oh, there you go. 27 baby girls were named after a fictional language in Game of Thrones. There you go. Khaleesi. 
Okay. Like and Khaleesi last virus. one. Yeah. What was that? Sorry. Sounds like a virus. Khaleesi, <laughs> Khale, Khale, what, isn't there a Khaleesi virus or something? Yeah. Anyway. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Um, the average American produces 7.1 pounds of trash per day. The average Japanese, 2.5 pounds of trash. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. OMG, I mean. OMG yeah. facts. There you go. See? Interesting stuff, Jeff. Well done. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. What a great way to end the show. Indeed. All right. Thanks, everyone, again, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, stay safe out there, people. Um, Still got a bit of this uh, COVID-19 to get through, but uh, if everyone does the right thing, we'll, we'll all be good. Absolutely. Thanks. 